Well, if you've got a nice straight stiff one, then you'd be okay. Just keep it like leave a leave a little bit. Welcome to the Beat Around the Bench podcast, a podcast about woodworking, good times, and general jackassery with your hosts, Jess of Jess Build It, Colton of Colt Crit, and Ross of RNC Woodworking and Designs. You can find us all on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. In this week's episode, we check in on our traveling friend. Colton snowboards down a volcano like Jackie Chan. Ross gets his woodworking mojo back, and Jess tells us about how the wood in is hard in Southeast Asia. All of that and more is coming right up on this episode of the Beat Around the Bench podcast. Now for episode 44, The Last Boy Scout. Once Last Boy a, Scout. Man. Once a first-rate <laughs> Secret Service agent, Bruce Willis is now a gruff private investigator uh, and then gets involved with Jimmy Dix and ex-quarterback Damon Wayans. Never heard of it. Never heard of really? it. It is a no. classic. classic. I, I got to see it now. I got to see it now. It is extremely fitting for me right now. Like I just got off the plane or just got home and set up just in time. I pushed us off 30 minutes um, from uh, Nicaragua today and I'm wearing short shorts and then my brunt boots with tall socks. I look like a freaking boy scout right now. I like I, it. Um, yeah. Which uh, I got some funny stories about that maybe for later. Well, let's, but, let's talk about it. I mean, obviously, yeah. welcome back. Yeah, you're the guest of honor for sure. You, uh, you definitely tried your damnedest to get on last week, and, and Dude, we appreciate. I was trying that. so hard. We I literally tried everything. Like, um, which the internet is supposed to get better at Crystal's parents' house down there, and um, we were in Progresso, Belize, kind of okay. the north side, and um, it's outside Coruscant. That's the biggest nearest city, but. Um, yeah, so they ran this village, the Progressive Village we were next to. It's all the um, soup, right? What? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's where they get the soup. Yep. Oh. <laughs> no, it's actually not. But <laughs> um, they uh, had just gotten internet wired out there, right? Oh. And um, the you can see the pole where it's wired to in front of Crystal's house, or her, her Corey, I'll call it Corey and Larry's house, her parents' house. Okay. And it's uh which larry was the guy who did the uh yes it was surprise which that was on their um on their way out they stayed with us here in houston before their flight so okay yeah they just got yeah they're yeah they've been there but yeah but they didn't put a box on it yet and they were supposed to have that box set up to receive this good internet and so Mm -hmm. we were working with like a little bitty satellite trying to point it in the right direction and it would work for a second and then it'd go away and we had to buy like data cards and I tried my damnedest, but it, um, no bueno. Appreciate but, that. Yeah. So, so it was cool going to, uh, you know, I've been to beliefs before, like me and Chris did our honeymoon there. And, um, and then also Nicaragua was my first time there, but it was cool going there with the, my new, newer mindset of woodworking. Right. Like okay. it's been a few years since we've gone and I've learned a lot about that stuff since. And, Oh, like every time I was with somebody who kind of knew what they're doing wood wise, I would ask them about the wood and about their processes and everything. And it was incredible. So, um, starting off with Belize, like you see a lot of, um, it's a mahogany. I don't know what they could, they have a Spanish word for it, but it's a really blonde mahogany. It's called Los Mahogany. Los Mahogany. (laughs) 
<laughs> there we go. And they do, they have a lot of that, um, especially on doors, which, uh, I, I'm working on a video we could, we'll post on the, our Instagram, but, um, of just all the stuff we've seen, but, uh, that's a common one. Um, and then also for like your more like colorful pieces, like they have a, I, I've been calling it ironwood. Okay. Right? And, um, it's basically it, as far as the way it looks, it looks just like a lot of our, like a skinny walnut tree for us. Okay. Except the, uh, deep, um, the, where it would be like, like the more grayish Brown for the black walnut. It's like a really deep burgundy red. And then the sapwood is like white, white. Um, huh. and, uh, well, you know, a yellowish white, right. Yeah. But, uh, it's really dramatic. And so it makes all these stripes and like some of the pictures y'all saw, I sent y'all, um, they'll combine the two together often. Right. And so it'll be a stripe of ironwood and then a stripe of a mahogany. And, um, then over in Nicaragua, I kept seeing this, um, it was a reddish wood, real flowy grain. And I kept asking people what they were and like, uh, I think they were calling it pochito or apachito, but it, um, I'm pretty sure they like someone called it cedar finally. And then I looked it up and I believe we're seeing a lot of Royal cedar. Oh, nice. Right? And, um, which touching it, it doesn't feel like at first when they said cedar, I was like, no, no, it, not this. this, this feels, you know, I got, I was able to touch a lot of it. Like, um, you'll see vendors on the side of the road. selling either furniture or doors and stuff. Right. And I got to go knock on it. I was like, that's not the cedar I know. And, um, so I, we should do Royal cedar for the wood of the week one week. Okay. It's a, a as a vote. It. But um it's a real pretty color. Um and like I I, I don't think they're staining it, but maybe what they're oiling it with really brings it out. Hmm. I, I know um wait, sorry, I'm confusing cherry with uh I was gonna say you don't like cedar ross, but that's the that's the cherry. That is correct. Is yeah. it called primavera? Primavera? That, that 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 might be it. Oh there there's but, a lot of blonde mahogany. Been saying out that, there. But they definitely had one that had like Apachito or Pochito in it, something like that. Um, okay. Did you happen they, to partake in, in any of the cigars in Nicaragua? No. So the city, we were in Managua, right? And then we went a little bit west over and we saw a bunch of volcanoes like Mombachu and we went to Leon. And I was asking, I was expecting to see more cigars, right? And um, apparently the cigars is more north of us is like where oh. they grow all the tobacco yeah. and everything uh, where we were, they were more coffee. Okay. Which that's kind of, I was hoping to see something made from coffee wood, but I, I don't think those trees get that wide. And a lot of times they're small. Um, yeah. But they're, they're almost more know. bushes than they are trees. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like um, at one point we did a zip line around the Mumbachu volcano not across it. That would have been awesome, but <laughs> that would have, but don't fall. Um, don't drop your cell phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, I never saw any magma or anything, uh, which, which crystal has magma. on tour. <laughs> magma. Yeah. But, um, we did see a bunch of craters and stuff and uh, there's, uh, we went on a hike while we were there and there were parts of the ground where steam's coming out and it starts to smell like sulfur. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, if you do have to toot, that's a good place to to fart on the yeah. trail. If someone's mm-hmm. behind you, yeah, blame it on the mountain. But um, zoos are but also another know. great place to fart. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that 
coffee bean, it's like a fruit. It's um, yeah, yeah, kind of like you know how a cherry has a pit. Well, mm-hmm. the pit of a coffee fruit is the coffee bean. Were you and, able to try the actual fruit? Yeah, as opposed yeah. To the they, they gave us some and um, ate it. It was, it was kind of sweet. It was nice. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, they had some that they were like halfway done roasting that had like honey in it and stuff. But, um, but yeah, we, we stayed caffeinated the whole trip. All, well while we in Nicaragua, at least. But, um, but, yeah, and they also have some mahogany. I'm pretty sure it's a very similar mahogany to uh, the one in Belize. But, How was it getting around over there? Oh my god, <laughs> it was nuts! Like the roads are crazy. I know. Yeah, like they don't use blinkers. It's everyone's car is kind of dinged up. It's like pulling in front of people, and there's bikes everywhere. And I'm glad I wasn't driving. Like, we, yeah, yeah. Well, the potholes were worse than Belize. Um, like you know, Managua is like the I think the biggest city, or at least it was the original city of uh, Nicaragua. And so we had good roads, at least or decent roads for most of it, but. Yeah, in um, in Belize though, like we barely had any paved roads, and they don't have like officers stopping you for speed. They do that by making these giant speed bump mounds, and um, if you're not paying attention and you hit one of those, like people's heads are hitting the ceiling <laughs> of your car, right? It's uh, but yeah, every car where there's, I'm sure they work on their suspension quite a bit. Um, but yeah, oh, so. On the woodworking, holy! <clears throat> in we were right next to a Mennonite community, right? And those don't know Mennonites. It's kind of like picture an Amish community, right? But they have little. They have more machinery in general. Which there's some Mennonites the girls, that were the what? The girls were along like uh, denim dresses, right? Yeah. Um, they don't cut which, their hair. Yeah, you probably couldn't wear denim in Belize. They they had like they're all the same material, right? Like they make their own clothes, right? So they just buy all the same material in bulk, and all the girls were wearing purple dresses with uh, big straw hats, and all the guys had plaid shirts on, and either overalls or uh, black pants with suspenders, right? And uh, but like they have a boat, um, like a motorboat, right there, and uh, they're saying on Sundays. Like after church and after lunch, they like to party on some of the islands right there. And because uh, we could see their community from our the backyard, like um, like across like this little bay area, okay. which was brackish water. It was mostly fresh, but uh, like it, you didn't get real salty going into it. Right. Sure. But um, yeah, so we got to go tour and our guy that uh, he's the guy who takes care of their house when they're not there, but he hung out with us a lot and his wife would make us food. And um, he took us around and he grew up with these Mennonites, right? Like there's a bunch of trade going and out. They're big farming community. Uh, a lot of furniture comes out of there and he knew the woodworkers. So they're not real big on cameras over there. Okay. They don't like you just snapping pictures, but he knew this one woodworker. And so we were able to take some pictures of it. But they're on Larry's phone, and I don't think he knows how to operate his phone too well. And he has not sent me those photos yet. Ah. But it was insane. So they don't use electricity from the grid, right? But they will take in – they'll have generators sometimes. This guy, this one wood shop, though, they did not have any electricity. There's no generators. But they were running a table saw, a bandsaw that they made out of an engine block as the base. And then they welded some uh, square tubing around and had the spools 
and it was, looked like a very level table saw or sorry, bandsaw. And then uh, they had a good joiner and a planer and all this stuff, but it was ran from one diesel engine. Right? So I've seen that before where they almost run it off of a steam engine. Yeah. Because they don't want to use like, like modern machinery, but they'll do it like with one belt drive for all those. Exactly. Uh, and it was crazy and there was a well, while we were there there was um i guess the matron of the house like the mama she was running the stuff and then her son was doing was assembling like a chest of drawers right mm-hmm. and oh also a shaper as well i don't think i mentioned that a shaper and then i think they have a smaller router table too but yeah it's one large like spindle that goes through the whole shop and when you want to turn a tool on or off you just take a board and they keep it running the whole time they take a board and put a belt on, right? And these belts is what's running everything. And um, I was trying to think, like, how could you get a table saw going fast enough from this engine that would Gears. run like the same? Yeah, it, but it, the gear ratio. I, I'm sure inside of that, they may have had even like a secondary gear ratio right. inside of the oh, machine yeah. itself. But, yeah, you know, it was nuts. They um, do not have saw stop technology on that. <laughs> no, no, no. I wonder, though, if a... Actually, no, it, it probably, it, by the time it was forgiving, I was wondering, like, so these are V-belts, right? So a mm-hmm. V-belt would probably be more, I guess our, our table saws are random belts, too. Mm-hmm. But, and they're usually V-belts, yeah. Yeah, never mind. I've yep, seen stuff like that on, like, TikTok and YouTube before, them people yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, but, yeah, and this wood shop that we're in, like, had no walls to it. It was just, like, a tin roof. Right. And But the furniture, you look at it, it looks like something that would come out of our shops. Like, huh. absolutely, it was amazing. Um, one thing I'm surprised I didn't see a lot more of was hand tools, right? Really? I was expecting, which I, I know they had them, but they're all kind of like rusty and on the corner. It wasn't like a main part of their their tool usage. Hmm. And, um, yeah, it was it was interesting. But Did they have power tools like cordless power tools charging from batteries off of that? diesel no I, I didn't see anything battery because i've um, seen that before where they're they feel like uh they're not obviously using the power grid so mm-hmm. that they they charge off that one engine and it charges the batteries and then they can use those and it's not actually electric so yeah um but yeah the minute I, i'd like to dig in more i heard there's some stuff on like netflix on them i, I haven't checked it out yet um I just got home. I, I didn't use my phone much a, at all. A very deep rabbit hole yeah. looking into that stuff. Yes, you will. So yeah, well, I I, I kind of like those rabbit holes, man. Uh, okay, <laughs> uh, I'll watch the uh, the cult conspiracy stuff too, and so all let that me ask jazz. this, Colton. Um, yeah. when we saw you last week, you looked like you were sweating profusely <laughs> the entire time. Yeah, are you excited to be back in the relatively less humidity of Houston? So when I was sweating, I didn't like, so that was in Belize. I didn't actually sweat that much while we're in Belize. Like uh, I was sweating mm-hmm. right there. Cause I've been running up and down stairs oh, okay. the whole time uh, trying to get this thing going. But I mean, you do kind of just like stay kind of moist. Right. But do I sound, do pleasant. I, I miss being in AC? No, I don't. I, I could live in, in Belize. It's uh, we, cool at night. Right. Yeah, it, it gets a little cool. Um, oh, speaking of that, too. Um, yeah, it gets a little cool at night. But in Nicaragua, 
So uh, when we go up higher on a volcano, it mm-hmm. uh, you know the the elevation change and the vegetation cha- lowers the temperature a lot. And so yeah. we went to Granada one day and we toured um, just like the main city area, and they have um, a lot of like the conquistador influence still. And they okay. have like a historic district and you can't like it, you know, they have uh, laws saying how, how much you can change the buildings and stuff, but all of them were, they're, they're all restaurants now, but it's like a, they build like a square house with a, the middle of it is open to uh, the sky. Right. And they put a bunch of plants there and it cools down like the whole house, which is restaurants now. And um, so it's really cool getting to be next to all this, um, vegetation and even like biodiversity and while you're eating and it does cool everything down it was hmm. that was really neat um Interesting. But even, any, even the cool airport animals? doesn't have ac like there's no ac in the yeah. nicaragua airport that's it was that that part i was sweating a lot at but yeah it's like hmm. that in dominican just no ac yeah. did you see any cool animals uh yeah oh i i'm drawing a blank on what they call them um but Monkeys. it looks like a lemur and a dog had a baby. But it had, they have like these tall yeah. tails. But yeah. in Spanish, they, they, or at least in Belize, they call them squash because they're always <laughs> crossing the road. And you squash them. <laughs> um, How was the language barrier? Uh, oh, in, well, in Belize, they were uh, English. They were English colony for a long time. So they still primarily speak English. So not that over there. But Nicaragua, it is Spanish first. And, um, not often do you get someone who speaks good English and, um, which, you know, I, I, I got a little bit of Spanish. I got enough to get me through or, you know, order a restaurant or get me out of situation. But it, I don't, we say this every time we leave Belize, uh, we got to learn Spanish. I can't, that'd be so much fun. I, I, I mean, the fact that you live in Houston, you could that too. practice your Spanish quite a bit where you live. Yeah. I think that could help with, um, employees in the shop as well. And at least uh, open us up to more potential in there. See. Um, you know, when I was learning French, we were going to Belgium. My mom, so like three months before, actually probably six months before, she started sticking notes all over the house. And it would have like the phrase in English and something to do with wherever she stuck the note. Like where, you know, how do I do my laundry or whatever? And then she would have it in French underneath. Ah. And then like you just would see it all day, every day. And then you would say it to yourself like – and then eventually you just remember it just from seeing it. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you should try that around your shop. Like just put some oh, little phrases. I didn't think about it in the shop. Yeah. You can laser them. You can do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. That's smart. So I do have one story that's, I think it's pretty hilarious. Okay. That is uh, not woodworking related. So all right. Luis Miguel is playing tonight in Nicaragua, right? Are you all familiar with Luis Miguel? No, sir. So he's like the Michael Jackson of Latin America. Okay. Right? He's a huge deal. Like he, you know, just how Taylor Swift have Swifties. Mm-hmm. They have uh, the La Unconditionals. Like they're super fans. Right. Yeah. And his, he wasn't staying at our hotel, but his band and all his roadies were. Okay. Right? And me and Crystal came in one night to the hotel and I see these guys at the bar and I was like, I'm going to go make friends with these dudes. I don't know who they are. They look interesting. And, uh, yeah, sure enough, they were like, I met like his saxophone player, his trumpet player. Um, 
some more of his band. Like, but the uh, the sound guys, they were extra crazy. They have a, oh, there's one guy, Randy. He has dreads and a big old septum piercing, right? Oh, and um, yeah, we they party hard. We partied till three in the morning, three four o'clock. And did your um, wife party with you? Uh, she was with me for the start. And nice. luckily she backed <laughs> off because like the next day we had to be up at 6 a.m. But we were going to a volcano. Um, this was in Lyon uh, that it's like all that, that volcanic rock like ash. Mm-hmm. And it's soft like uh, at the top of the mountain. It's so uh, it's fine enough that you can sled down it. Wow. Right. And I was like, oh, we're just going to take a bus somewhere and sled down a hill and see some sights. All would be cool. No. We get like, well, yeah, we get there and it's like, all right, we're here. Well, first off, you get on this like uh, this four by four bus that looks like it's a Jurassic Park thing. It's like bench seating, like open walls. And just the ride there was incredibly rough. It was like 30 of us packed in this thing. And uh, once you finally get there, uh, you have you get out and we see this huge black mountain. And it's like, all right, now it's time to hike. And I'm hungover as hell. I slept maybe two hours and still got a buzz. And I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> this is going to suck. And you got to carry your sled up, which um, whenever we were talking to the guys before, I saw some snowboards there. Yeah, And um, I still had a little bit of buzz from the Luis Miguel group. And I was like, hey, can I do that instead of the sled? And they're like, no, 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 it's it's dangerous. Uh, you got to really know what you're doing. I was like, man, I love snowboarding. I love wakeboarding, skateboarding, you name it. And after about three more no's, they finally let me do the snowboard. Right. Nice. And- <laughs> so you got to snowboard in a volcano? Yes. Snowboard down a volcano. Snowboarded down a freaking volcano. But so we, I, and you got to carry this thing all the way up. So we're carrying all of our gear and. I'm trying to make sure that if I throw up, at least I'll throw up to the side of the mountain, like not in the main <laughs> trail. And like, hopefully no one will see me. Um, and then we finally get to the top and like, I just like lay down for take? a little while. It was a good, at least an hour hike and a lot of elevation yeah. gain. It was brutal, yeah. but I did it in my brunt workwear boots. Um, nice. they, they did very well. I'm really glad Hashtag I wore those. Not and- sponsored. <laughs> Hashtag not sponsored yet. No. Um, but yeah, uh, the brunts did really good. Um, and we get to the top of this mountain and I'm looking down. It is steep. Like even on like the sleds, you go fast. And okay. I'm sitting there. I'm already out of breath. And like I've snowboarded like three times, um, which it, it came not trying to brag, but it came pretty naturally. Like, you know, um, yeah. Growing up doing the wakeboarding. It's basically the same, except your weight is 60% forward instead of back. You know? And you have edges to work with. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Drastically different with elevation rather than flat. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And so I was the only one who did it. Even the instructors were excited to see it because they've never seen someone board down this. And oh. I know I know why now. But uh, so we actually, they, they waited till everyone, I was the last one to go because they didn't want me to run into somebody else who was sledding. Yeah. And I start going. And it was pretty difficult, but after a while, it started to feel like snow. And then I wipe out big and they got it on camera too. <laughs> As we download the video, I'll send you. So I wipe out big. So I'm, I'm goofy, right? So my right foot's forward. Correct. And I'm like heel side into the mountain 
And then all of a sudden I catch a rock and I go forward <laughs> and I do a full flip, like in the video, like my board is in the air in this volcanic rock. And, um, luckily it didn't hurt me. I like, you wear like these big yellow suits, but like the first thing I did was sit up and give everybody two thumbs up. But, um, <laughs> I didn't know it, but Crystal was saying everybody down at the bus at the bottom of the mountain was like cheering me on. And they were like, Ooh, <laughs> is he, is he okay? And then Crystal's like, Oh, I see the thumbs. He's good. And um, nice. Did you snowboard the rest of the way? Yeah, yeah. Then um, was able to go down the rest of the way. Which it, I think the biggest difference between snowboarding on rock versus volcanic rock (laughs) versus snow is that you got to go really fast to to keep an edge in that rock because the rock will just come on top of the board, right? And it gets heavy. And like I was wasting so much energy. Oh, sorry, what? It's like riding through heavy slush, like end of spring snowboarding. Yes, it, I, I, I assume it'd be pretty similar to that. Mm-hmm. And I wasted a lot of energy, which I didn't even have at this point. Like my <laughs> hangover's kicking in, like just trying to jump to get this rock off my board. And but you know what? I made it down. Then uh, the pictures look really cool. Like uh, there's like a whole trail of smoke from this from like dust behind Ash. me. Yeah, Ash. Yeah, but um, yeah, then. After that, I wiped out again. Not as dramatic, though, but I didn't have my bandana on my face because, uh, you know, it's so dusty. You have to have yeah. that. And I just got a mouth full of, like, charcoal, right? <laughs> Crunchy ash, volcanic rock. That'll clean and your teeth. I was wondering, like, maybe it's like that uh, that charcoal toothpaste. Like, it'll it make my teeth whiter. Yeah. But, yeah, when we got home that night, we definitely swam in the hotel pool. But I had ash, like, in every crease like in my ear <laughs> like i probably still have some i'm gonna find and as soon as i shower tonight but it was that was nuts which all right if i was gonna do it again i would probably just sled okay <laughs> i mean i don't know i say that now i'd like to tr- give another shot with the uh with the board but nice but yeah it got like some parts weren't that fine of rock and we were going on like golf ball size rocks trying oh. to not wipe out that's only towards the bottom but at that part, I went real slow and sat on my butt, and yeah. But, okay. But yeah, we survived. It That's was crazy. It was one of those things where you just gotta look at the next Hello. ten feet, be like, I can go this next ten feet, and then yep. once you get that ten feet, I just gotta go the next step. Got now. It was uh, survival. I never threw up either. So good for you, man. Good for <laughs> you. And welcome back to the states. Oh yeah. man, it um. I'd say it feels good to be. It does feel good to be back. I am. I didn't realize, like you know, everyone's like, "Oh, I needed that trip, right?" Uh, not trying to be a broken record with that, but man, I didn't realize how I guess like toxic my like uh, your day to day had gotten your yeah, mental state. Like man, I like burnout, man, and I I feel invigorated, man. And, you know, both these countries are very very impoverished, right? Like um, you see a lot of poverty and it made me realize how thankful I am for everything I do have. And like, who am I to let myself get stressed out by awesome opportunities to do all this woodwork and it, I'm coming back. I'm so glad I took the week to do that, man. um, And I I can't wait. I want to, first thing I do when I get back in the shop is um, tomorrow morning or maybe 
tonight if I'm still pumped up. But you should go to sleep tonight. But yeah, <laughs> but the first, thing, first thing I want to do is clean the shop very well and maybe even do some of the reorganization I've been wanting to do in the back of my mind. Just take the time to get it right and start this clean slate in my mind off right. And okay. I, yeah, I, I feel great right now, guys. I really do. Nice. Oh, we almost forgot about the the rum of the week. <laughs> oh, hold on. We'll get there. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that yeah. for the whiskey. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. we got a whole segment definitely. of things. So, Good call. The question is, Jess. Yes. You had a lot of stuff going on last week. I did. A lot of projects. I saw some video yeah. from the stuff you did. It looked yes. incredible. So what's going on in your shop, man? Um, the That walnut top that was messed up, we delivered that today. And it looked pretty good, so you should be happy with that. Um, the JC decided to let us do his kitchen. Nice. And so I went over and measured that. Again, to double-check, we changed a couple things, gave him the new price. They're happy, so that's good. Uh, the, my bosses, the owners, all his cabinets came in for that kitchen and that house that he's flipping, so I got nice. to put those all together. The table for Habitat for Humanity. Um, that looked really good. I saw that. Um, is that the like big reclaimed oak table you had in your video that you no, delivered? No, the reclaimed oak table. That was that's an older. You know, that's the one that me and you talked about. Before oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I mean, it looked awesome. Yeah, and then I actually went up doing a gray wash over it, um, which oh. we didn't put in the thing, but um, yeah, that one turned out good. Um, oh, the Habitat for Humanity was the uh, the. Maple. Oval, yeah. Yeah, oval well, we decide not to do any lips. It's just going to be it. square with rounded corners. Yep. And then it's got a beveled edge. And then my legs came in from tablelegs.com, hashtag not sponsored. Amazing company. They're like okay. just beautiful and perfect. And so um, exactly as I ordered them and quickly got them. Nice. So awesome. We got that. They, you think they're a U.S. company? Like, they are. They made them right here. Yeah. Dude, really? I mean – yeah, there was still like sawdust on them. Yeah, they're pretty amazing. So they make every leg you can think of. And this one came with like the bracket, which is actually, I would call it almost like an apron. Right. It's already threaded and everything's all super heavy duty. Uh, that bench I'm supposed to do for a Marilife, um, their little outdoor bench, The that came in from the 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 galvanized steel bench base that came in. So it looks robust. Nice. So I've already got the wood milled for that. So we just kind of, kind of cut it to final length and um, I'm going to laser uh, woodworks on there. I think on one of the seat. All benches. right. Right. And then the, uh, we had bid a thing to do some bar stools for um, actually the place where we're doing my wife's hospice walk. It's called Palm Pavilion. Yeah, And they actually reached out to us just not even knowing who we were that they needed new bar stools because theirs are all toast. And so I actually found a place that kind of made them raw already as yeah. good as I could ever make them right here in the States and okay. for a lot cheaper than I can make them for. But they still need to be finished. And then we offered a laser like a fish in the top of each seat. Right? It's like a hogfish, a grouper, barracuda, yeah. you know. And they like that idea. Um, and so uh, we're, they're just up, not sure if they want to paint them or they want to just keep them cleared. So we'll talk about that. So that's still in the works. And then um, actually, 
right here where I live, my my wife's uh, father and her girlfriend, they have, she has this big monstrosity old entertainment center. She wants to tear it out and do a big built-in like I did for the Shecks. Okay. With the big fireplace in the middle and the TV yeah. hung up and inset and cabinets on either side. So we might do that, you know, and um, that'd be kind of cool to wake up and just walk over there and go do that. Very nice. And then make Dave drive. Yeah. Fingers don't mind. He's he's only 10 minutes now. He moved closer, so he's like 10 minutes away from Ooh, the show now. Nice. So we might do that. I got to get them a price, and that's about it. But what's more important is um, I do have one question before I go any farther. So do you – Ross, it would be you because I don't think you ever use Canva, do you? Um, I do. Colton. Uh, I, oh. I use Canva for our weekly posts on okay. Fridays. So I'm having trouble with Canva exporting as SVG, even when it's okay. a real simple thing. Mm. Because I sent so, the SVGs to the screen printing company and they're pulling up weird. So Maybe the way to do it is rather than saying save as, you say download. Yeah, 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 I know. Yeah, yeah. export okay. or whatever. Yeah. Right. But you save as SVG. Maybe it's because I did transparent background. Maybe that's it. And maybe I need to just do it all because she told me to change all everything to black. Even if it's going to be white, just make it black. Yeah. Oh, they, it gets weird with colors for sure. Yeah, okay. Export. So that's also maybe welding. That's what it was. Sometimes it helps to weld or th- there's different terms for it, like weld Flat or join. Image. Group. Yeah. But, yeah. So are um are you not liking Silhouette Studio? No, that that's not it. It's just I'm not burning it. I just was giving those SVG files to the um, to the screen printing lady, and she was opening up the Canva SVGs, and they weren't opening right. They're like looking uh-huh. really weird and like flat. So anyway, I think she could take a PDF. So I just saved them as PDFs and sent those to her, all in black with a white background. So she should be fine. Anyway, That'll do. That was let really, her do the work. Yes. Yeah. Are you loving your laser, man? Yeah. So I finally, yeah. so I, so I built a structure to hold the camera more sturdy, right? Mm-hmm. Back up as high. So the first thing I did is I got the laser will shoot 800 by 850. So I drew a box and burnt that. I flipped the, I got so many lines burning my sacrificial table. I flipped it over. So then I burnt an 800 by 850 box on the table that I can see from the camera. I can see those exact lines, right? Mm-hmm. And then I got the camera up and had I like kept lifting it up and, t- and made sure it was centered until you could just see that box, maybe just a little bit more. And that's uh, as far up as I went with the camera. So like the minimum height. And then I did the whole thing where I like, you know, do the camera adjustment and all that other stuff. And it's pretty close. As you get farther out towards the corners, it starts to skew a little bit. So, but I've got, I've gotten, I mean, honestly, I just made it simple. I took a piece of cardboard. My table saw has millimeters. I cut a piece 800 by 850, taped it to the damn deck. And then like when I did the, the discs, Mm -hmm. I knew they were two and a half inches. I drew 16, two and a half inch circles in the cardboard with the laser. I didn't move, didn't move anything made those not output and then dropped all my beat around the bench things in there. And then I knew where to take my little leather patch. Cause it was already burned in the cardboard. 
And then, so it was like a built-in template. I laid them all out. And so I had a couple other things I did that way that works perfect every time because you can adjust. If anybody works with a camera, you can, there's a little thing where you can adjust the X and Y axis after you're looking at your overlay by like 0.25 at a time. You can also adjust the height and width to try to get it more realistic to what it's actually going to do. But the problem is, is if you like say do that in the right corner, then now the middle's off. Or if you do that in the left corner, now the bottom right corner's off because it adjusts your whole bed. It doesn't just adjust that little spot. It's kind of hard to explain. But I've got it now to where I have like a foolproof plan if I need to very, very precisely put something. Um, And it's working fan-freaking-tastic. So um, I was going to show you guys. So I had a little – that was another thing. I don't know if you heard about this, Colton, but the shirts – all the extra larges were the wrong size. Did I tell you what? that? No. So no, I ordered I the shirts. So the extra larges. So I ordered a bunch of different colors for Woodworks. And then I got some for Get Me Cabinets for Just Build It. And then I got some for Beat Around the Bench. And they had the vintage black, right? That we all agreed that we liked. So I put all I put some green one on. I'm like, oh, it's extra large, right? So I put it on us. Oh, it's great. I put on the different colors. I put on one of the black ones. And it's like at my belly button. It was a crop top. <laughs> it was like a tube top. And I'm like, no, don't tell me this. And so maybe it's just this one shirt. No, they're all the same. So I'm like, well, I don't know if the large is short too. And like, this is some sort of whacked out thing that I got. So my Ashley's dad wears a large. So he comes over, he puts on a large, several different colors, fits him great. They're nice and, you know, they're long enough. So I'm like, it's just the black and extra large because the two X is enormous. It's like super long. And even the large was fine. It was just the extra large. So I messaged the company and at first they're like, ah, you know, it's in industry standards. It's like, no, let me show you a picture. So I'm holding it up with another extra large (laughs) and you can see it's like that much shorter. And they're like, okay. And then the military green ones, they only sent larges. They were supposed to send extra larges. They messed up the order. So I'm upset. I sent them one one email. They said it's gone in. That was on the weekend. By Tuesday, they overnighted all the new shirts to me. And from Orlando, instead of from Georgia, from another one of their partners, I had them. They're perfect. They sent me a ship. They emailed me the ship and label. I printed them out, sent the old ones back. So they made it right, even though I got such a great deal on it. And then uh, I've dropped those off. Then the next thing that happened is I bought these new patches and I had printed up all these patches to put on the hats this weekend. I put the patch on the hat. I'd already done a few, remember a few weeks prior. I put the hat press on it, got the temperature, got it all taped, take it off and it just falls off. Like it didn't do anything. And I'm like, well, maybe there's a backing. So I'm checking. No, no backing. Maybe this is a bad one. So I put another one on, do the same thing. Take it just falls off. It's like not even sticky. And I'm like about to have a meltdown. And um, so we look it up on the website and on Amazon and it just, whatever ones I bought before, I don't know, but these, they're a little thicker. So I just had to let them sit for like a minute and a half at 285. And because the other ones did it in like 30 seconds, okay. a minute and a half, they were fine. They all stuck. cool. And so here, I'll show you that one in a second. Here is, is our gear. We decided to go with this because. Well, hold on, Jess. Go. People, people can't see this on the well, podcast. I know that's, well, they can. They that's that's their problem. 
the you get well. To see, I tell you what, we'll put a picture of him on uh, on uh, on Instagram. Okay. So here's what we're gonna be wearing. I like it. This I like is it what that. we're gonna be wearing at the at the thing. They're actually really yep. they fit really good. They're really good hats. Awesome. Yeah, and then I've got some merch for the other peeps um, that are gonna be coming. So I did some okay. of the black ones like that, right in the center. Yep. And then there's I- gonna be. So for everybody who is listening right now, Jess is is debuting the myriad of swag that he has created for the podcast. That's right. Most of it will be available at WorkbenchCon. Yeah. And uh, we are excited to Please. hopefully be able to hand some of it out. It looks fantastic. Oh, dude. Yeah. I'm excited nice, to wear right? some of this stuff. So I did some of those, and then I did some of them in the middle uh, for whoever likes. There's four in the middle, and then, like, eight or ten nice yeah. and these are nice. like the nice like deep they're not like short ones the, the uh i had some other hats that i got they were short. these fit really good and then i made a couple of hats for myself so this is the one that i'm most excited to show you i don't know if you can see it or not this is just for me huh he made a norm <laughs> abram hat <laughs> new yankee it, workshop it, it that's says, awesome it even says Norm F and Abram at the bottom. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So that took a minute to like SVG, but yeah, yeah, I made this. I don't remember the bill size too. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Dude. I'm glad you're getting to uh, play around with your laser. I I know you're having trouble finding time to. I know why. Well, I stayed late. I know why people get into this business. Like you see all these people like it. Like when you go and do, remember how like we went and did like the uh, shows you know, there's a yeah. lot of people there selling cups and shirts and all that stuff, but it's a lot of fun. It it's is. like so cool to make your own stuff, and it's so, so much cheaper. I actually, uh, for the first time, made money that paid for my laser. Uh, okay. I did. I did a quick project. I'm working with my day job. There was an account that wanted to make Old Elk the whiskey of the month, and they were like, "I really would like to get some flight boards," and I was like. I have an idea. Let me try some stuff. So I literally made some whiskey flight boards that have the old elk logo etched in or lasered on. It's got a QR code that pulls up a video of our master distiller leading everybody through a tasting. And then it's also got the logo of the bar. And I was able to pound them out. It's basically like a half hour of time all in from start to finish making each one of these. Yeah. And the majority of the time, it's about 10 minutes of laser time and 15 to 20 minutes of like cutting it to size, shaping it, you know, rounding edges, sanding, all that stuff. Uh, But I was able to to make them enough to not only make some prototypes, but now I have a backlog already and I just made them recently. But I have a backlog of four or five accounts that want to get some. And uh, it's pretty easy thing for me to pound out and getting to what I said was going to be one of my goals for this year, some lower priced options that are um, easy kind of turn and burn. I can fly through these. So I can customize them for whatever the account is and put all kinds of stuff on there, whatever they want. So my laser is actually starting to make money, which is awesome. That's great. The uh, the QR code is genius. I, uh, what kind of wood were you doing that on? White Oak. White Oak. That's a good wood to do. Yeah. So I, 
Yeah, I guess uh, Quercus Elba. It's a, it's a good right. consistent grain that would be good for uh, QR codes as yep. well. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Every time so, I go, we used to go to breweries. It would be like those flights, and I'm like, some local woodworker make these things because sometimes yeah, you see some really cool ones. It's not difficult. I pounded yeah. them out pretty quick, and uh, the the account was super happy. I did it in like two days because I use lacquer as the finish, and they were like, "Dude, you finished these in two days?" And I was like. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't too bad. They were all excited. They've already started using them this past weekend. Yeah. And uh, Tuesday night this week, they're actually going to be showcasing, like, that'll be the night each week that people will come out and do a bourbon and burger pairing. So I'm excited about it. Dude, that is awesome. Last two hats. Yep. This is my Brandon Bills. Nice. There you go. And, and then this one's round. Nice. Yeah, That's I need good. some of those Brandon Bills hats, man. I I, I don't have any. They had him for twenty right. bucks. Yes, you hey, do. They got him with a rope. They got him with a rope now, Colt. Colton, don't you have one of my hats? I don't. I, I got. I got your t-shirts. Oh, yeah. Okay. Which? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> when I was going down the mountain, I that was in a RNC shirt. So, damn right. <laughs> damn right. Yeah. And then it survived too, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, dude, so, that's one of my favorite t-shirts hands down. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so I did want to give you guys an update. I'm actually super excited to talk about it. Uh, I've been working on that Elm slab table stuff is coming along really well, but there's time where I have to, you know, pour some epoxy, let it sit. And what are you going to do in that time? At least 24 hours of cure time. Colton, you know that all too well. Mm-hmm. So I have turned my attention back to the spalted maple table and I have been absolutely crushing it on that build. Uh, today alone, I got all of the wood filler in the Gork's good villa. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to talk about that a little later. Uh, got that all sanded up. I got the entire thing. I got the edges round over, uh, or chamfered over. Um, the only thing I still have to do is just clean up a little bit of the live edge with a, a wheel brush, like a nylon, uh, yep. nylon brush wheel. Uh, and outside of that, I can pretty quickly put some finish on the top to then have it come to life, uh, come to life. But it looks amazing. I got it sanded up to 320. It looks incredible. Oh, you took the whole thing 320. Yeah. Yeah, get it done. So I'm going to do the uh, walrus oil just to keep it simple on there. And then once that all cures, I'm going to end up doing the the ceramic coating on top. You can do that on top of walrus oil? Yeah, I believe so. So I saw some of the the wall, your videos. Um, so you use the walrus oil, the furniture oil. From so I, I have uh, two different ones. I have, well, I actually have three. I have the furniture butter, the furniture oil, and I have the cutting board oil as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I do, I, I'm all uh, cutting board oil and uh, furniture butter. But yep. there's some applications, especially if it's like a big stamp out project. Um, mm-hmm. Where that furniture butter sometimes, if it's a really detailed carve, yeah. you know, it gets stuck in there. And so, like, if I don't have time, I'll do the uh, cutting board oil instead. Um, but I really wanted to have some of the extra stuff in it that makes it the furniture grade, right? Yep. And I saw you had that furniture oil. Do you like that as much as the furniture butter? So the furniture butter I like, especially when you have to do more like vertical pieces like legs and Uh, sides because it doesn't run. It just Mm -hmm. stays there like a paste, whereas the oil is better for like a tabletop because you can just move it around. It's much easier, 
little bit more forgiving. Mm-hmm. So getting it's crevices just, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So it depends really what you're doing. Um, the furniture butter is is awesome because it stays wherever you put it, which is great. Yeah. I but like sometimes it feels you don't like want you that. can massage it in a lot yeah. deeper. You know, with the I guess it a little more wax forward or, or is yeah. the how much yeah, it's, like, it's a consistency of, that, of like right? it's a consistency of like Vaseline. Yeah. Works really well. I love it. So yeah. It really depends what I'm going to end up putting it on. Luckily, the legs for this, I'm going to be able to, when I finish them, uh, lay them down, do one side at a time, and then just stand them up and dry them. But I'm not too worried about the the finish on it. All right. You guys ever use Danish oil? I have. I have never used Danish oil. I have really, like like these burns that I did on these things, I have Mm -hmm. really come to love danish oil because danish oil is like a blend of like shellac linseed oil and some other things mm-hmm. and i you can't screw it up like you just pour it on no. there and then wipe it off you really don't it's even have literally to wipe it off. it's it's idiot proof yeah and you can you know it doesn't raise the grain so like i sanded it at like 220 then raise the grain at all and then if you wanted a little more it just doesn't it's not super protective i would imagine you'd have to put three or four coats of it over yeah. time uh in order to get it but for quick and dirty and it gets hard like i had some that spilled on the table on the laminate and it's stuck on there like it's not coming nice. off really so it's pretty darn good stuff yeah and it's cheap hmm. all right yeah. well i guess with the uh linseed oil though you got to make sure your rags aren't going to combust i throw them out in the dumpster outside I don't really fire. care. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's just wood and powder in there. It's fine. Yeah, you yeah. do have to be careful. There was a guy that I watched that's a, quite a good woodworker uh, on YouTube, and he makes his own finish. He's been same stuff his dad made, and it's kind of like Danish oil, but he adds some other things to it, and he just a keeps lot of it them in put, jars. A lot of people put beeswax in there and a yeah, couple other things. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's that's kind of fun. I like that. But yeah. he said he puts like four or five coats. That's a lot of coats. Hmm. So, it's, Jess, I want to know. Yes. What is the wood of the week? This week's wood of the week. Hold is on. A, Are we ready to jump in? Yes. Are you ready? I'm yeah. ready. Wow. 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 Wood of the week. So this week's wood of the week is a wood. I don't think I've done it before. If I have, who cares? That this wood <laughs> keeps coming up all the time, all the time, and mostly Should it I say keeps it? coming. Yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> it's just, said. it's just that it's, and it's because of things that come from Asia, and things that come from like furniture that comes from Asia and from okay. um, uh, the Philippines, right? Okay. This week's wood of the week is rubber wood. Rubber wood. Okay. Rubber wood. Right. I don't think I've done it before. So what you most people don't know is that it's everywhere. Everything is made with rubber wood. Like all kinds of like furniture from Ikea, all kinds of furniture from <clears throat> um, just tabletops, everything. A lot of it's finger jointed, right? Finger jointed hmm. wood. But rubber yep. wood's very, very stable. Um, it's m- not super soft. I mean, it's about there with walnut, like 950 on the Jenka scale, on the Jenka scale. Uh, it doesn't really have a lot of knots in it, but it is what it, 
I mean, what you're calling it, it's a rubber tree. Like that's where they mm-hmm. get latex from. Yep. But it is considered, which is very important for these furniture manufacturers, extremely eco-friendly because the latex tree only, like we talked about um, the other week with the pistachios, it only makes latex for a certain amount of time and then it just kind of quits. And yeah. so they cut them down and instead of burning them, they make furniture out of them. And Love it. it's it's like the problem with rubber wood is this, is it is very – it is not resistant to rot at all, right? Hmm. It has to be for interior. Which is funny because the right. the climate that it grows in is very rot prone. It yeah. is. It is. It is not resistant the jungles to bugs. of Southeast it is, Asia. It is not resistant to bugs. It is not resistant to to rot. It, it you know nothing nothing like that. But it is a very uh, straight grain, and it is great for like a lot of people will. Uh, stain it. Um, they laminate over it. There's a lot of veneers over rubber wood. Some of the tree, some of the trim you buy at Home Depot is rubber wood. Huh. Uh, that pre-primed stuff that you buy. Yeah. It's not pine. It's rubber wood. Um, I know for a fact because I've cut some of it and I, and I knew what it was. Uh, and it a, lot of, a lot of cabinets, <laughs> a lot of cabinets that you buy, like the doors and face frames, rubber wood. So huh. um, it's it's very, very um, light and cheap because basically it would have been something that was discarded in these other countries. But there's actually a really good TikTok channel, and I don't know why, but I totally get addicted to it. And it's just these two dudes in in the Philippines on this bandsaw with no safety gear whatsoever. They're barefoot, and they're sliding boards and trees through these giant bandsaws like at super speed, passing them <laughs> back and forth to each other. And he kind of keeps yep. moving over and it's like a log when he's got it. And then he slides it through and start, they start cutting it down. They start making planks out of it. The one guy sorting it. And there's like, like you were saying in Belize dirt floors, like an engine running the thing, like just absolutely nuts. <clears throat> and they've got like hundreds of thousands of subscribers. People just sit and watch. They go live all the time when yeah. they're cutting their, cutting their wood stuff. So I think it's, and that a lot of times it's rubber wood. They'll say, you know, who doesn't subscribe is OSHA. That is true, (laughs) but I don't think there's any OSHA in the Philippines. So no, 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 there is not. Um, But also the interesting thing is rubber wood, other than it's wood, think about all the things that we use rubber for and latex for Yeah, a lot. And it's in paint, it's in food, it's in medical gloves, clothes, everything. Prophylactics. Yes. Yes. Toys, everything. So it is, some people call it, um, they market it like as plantation hardwood or Malaysian oak, but it's not. Hmm. It's just rubber wood. So if you ever hear anybody say that, it's just good old rubber wood from rubber Malaysian trees. oak. That does sound a lot fancier than rubber yeah. wood. <laughs> sure does. <laughs> that is that is a marketing ploy from a, a furniture company for sure. So <laughs> it is eco friendly and um and uh, and it grows fast. It goes pretty fast too. I like so it. Yeah. So there you go. This week's little week. Rubber wood. Do you have any trivia based on the rubber wood? Ooh. I have trivia based on Asian wood this week. Let's I, get I after miss it. trivia, dude. I, I haven't done it in at least a week. <laughs> Let's try it. I didn't realize how much I missed you guys. Better get on out that knowledge because it's trivia time. All right. 
so this week's trivia is an advanced trivia quiz focused on Woods from Asia, complete with multiple Ooh. choice answers and additional information for each correct answer. Are you guys ready? We are ready. Oh, yeah. All right, Mr. Mister Belize, are you ready? Uh, let, let it, lay it on me, brother. Okay. Which Asian wood is known for its incredible strength and is often used in the construction of bridges and traditional Japanese temples? Is it A, pine, B, cedar, or C, zelkova? We'll go with a Charlie on that one, brother. That is Was correct. That by the way, yes. So, by the way, some of these are gimmies. Yeah. <laughs> zelkova wood, particularly from the Japanese zelkova tree, is prized for its strength and durability. It's been a traditional choice for constructing temples, shrines, and other buildings in Japan. Hmm. All right. There you go. Zelkova. Z O C O V A. Zelkova. Z E L K O V A. K O V A. All right. I looked it up. It's really pretty. Okay. Next. This is it, for you, Rasta. It sounds like a pharmaceutical thing. Like, oh, the new Zelkova <laughs> drug. Zelkova may cause irritable bowel syndrome. All right. What wood is commonly <laughs> used in China for furniture making and is known for its beautiful, intricate grain patterns? It's kind of a gimme. Is it bamboo, Chinese elm, or spruce, or Chinese spruce? Did you say Chinese elm and Chinese spruce? I said bamboo, Chinese elm, Chinese spruce. I'm going to go with Chinese elm. That is correct. All right. Chinese elm is a decorative grain that makes it ideal for furniture and decorative pieces. Its durability and resistance to splitting are highly valued. Chinese woodworking. Very good. All right. Question number three. Let's keep this on a roll. Colton, which Asian wood is traditionally used for making the unique durable cutting boards found in many Asian kitchens? Okay. Is it is it A bamboo, B ginkgo, or C Asian pine? I'm gonna go with bamboo. That is Probably right, but incorrect. Not the answer we were oh. looking for. We have a. It's actually embarrassing. I've made so many awesome looking cutting boards, and we still have a bamboo cutting board in our kitchen. <laughs> oh, those are good. Same here. All right, it's the thing you can't kill it, man. Like yeah. we wash it with soap, like and yeah. scrub the heck out of it. I hate how good of a wood it is for it's cutting because, boards. Mm-hmm. Well, they press the heck out of it, right? And it's really okay, yeah. that's fair. That's fair. They press it in like thousands of pounds, right? All Wait, right. So the answer was. The correct answer, I didn't. The correct answer is ginkgo. Ginkgo wood is derived from the ginkgo biloba tree. Like ginkgo biloba that people eat. Yeah. Yeah. Same stuff. It's from that tree. It's known for its resistance to wear and water, which is why they use it for cutting boards. All right. Okay. All right. Question number four, Rasta, bring us back. Which wood is highly prized for its use in outdoor furniture and boat building due to its natural oils that make teak. it resistant to water decay? That is correct. Teak doesn't even yeah. need the multiple answer. Uh, teak is renowned for its durability, making it ideal. It's natural uh, for furniture and boats. Its natural oils provide protection against water mm-hmm. decay. And it's, mm-hmm. it's still to this day. All right. Question number five. Uh, We were just talking about this. What is the primary characteristic of bamboo that differentiates it from other woods used in furniture making? It's a soft wood. It's actually a grass. It has no grain. 
What is the most? So I mean, it grows answer? in tubes, right? Uh, I'm gonna go with the grass one. Is it technically a grass? Is that it? That is correct. It okay. is actually a grass. Okay, Euphorus. I got to be wood. scared. I was like, oh no. <laughs> is, is that correct? Uh, yes, that is correct. They bamboo. They also okay. make an awesome uh, yeah. 3D printer. To me, <laughs> to me, like bamboo, it looks cool. There's obviously more than one kind of bamboo, and it grows insanely fast, no matter what species it is. So it is like yeah, one of the like most renewable base, resources man. out there. Yeah. It is. It is. So, all right, very good. Uh, question number six, Rasta, which Asian wood is favored for the production of musical instruments such as traditional Chinese guquin and the Japanese koto? Is it Chinese spruce, Halloween, Palo, Polonia, 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 or cedar? Spruce, Polonia, or cedar? I'm going to say Chinese spruce. That is incorrect. It is the word that I could not pronounce. Polonia. Um, Polonia wood. Today, Junior. My bad, guys. (laughs) No, you're Um, good. (laughs) Polonia wood is highly valued in the production of musical instruments for its lightweight and ability to resonate sound. uh, I can literally picture those instruments. Guquin and a koto. Yeah. Yes, it's literally like you like you guys can think of when you think of traditional Chinese and Japanese music, that kind of droning yes. note yes. kind of music. That's yeah. those instruments. But like you can picture those instruments from movies you've seen and stuff. And I just didn't know what the name of the wood was. Yeah. Well, now you do. You can look it up. It's actually quite beautiful. Man, I thought Polonia, that, that was a, a tequila cocktail with grapefruit. Also but, called hmm. the impress tree. Not the, that's a Paloma, but okay. Just yeah. so you guys know. The impress tree or Polonia. Impress okay, here tree. we go. Impressive. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So here we go. Next one. Um, let's see if I can not butcher this word. Jimelina, often used in Philippines for furniture making, is known for what characteristic? High density, fast growth, or dark color? And it's spelled G-M-E-L-I-N-A. Can you, can you say – I'm sorry. Can you say the answers again? Sure. High density, fast growth, or dark color. Okay. High density. That is incorrect. Oh, man. Should I have known that? No, these are hard questions. Jimelina yeah. is uh, for its fast growth. Oh, uh, I was thinking that, but we already that... talked about fast growth. Uh, that took a shot in the dark. Okay. Yeah, okay. I was going to look up how fast it does, but all right. So we'll get back to that in a minute. Next question. Jimelina. For me. Grow. All right. Next question is, which wood is known for its resilience to rot and termites, making it a popular choice for structural and outdoor uses in Southeast Asia? Chingal, oak, or ash? Chingal. Chingal is correct. Yep. It's definitely not ironwood because termites were getting all up in some really? of the <laughs> some of the furniture. Yeah, which yeah, the Mennonites they didn't they don't do any finish on the bottom of their furniture. Why? I don't know. But they also, 
I think it might just be a cultural thing, but they, they're not big on hiding nail holes or screws. And I, I wonder if it's because it's like kind of cool technology, right? And like they don't hide it. And um, so you can still, it's everything's well built, solid, but yeah, it, you can see nails and screws in it. Huh. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Jimelina grows 20 meters in four and a half to five years, not three meters in just a year. That's pretty fast for a tree. So pretty fast. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the correct answer is Chingal. It is a hardwood and it is the most durable. It is one of the most trop- durable tropical hardwoods and is highly sought after for construction and outdoor furniture there you in go. Asia. All right. Question number nine, what distinguishes red – this is an easy one. What distinguishes <laughs> red sandalwood, a prized wood in Asia, from other types of wood? Is it its ability to float on water? Is it its soft texture or is it its rich red color and fragrance? Fragrance, yeah. Yeah, so it's its rich – that is correct. The rich red color and fragrance, um, and remember how we talked about how – the, they even use the carvings for medicinal purposes and, mm-hmm. stuff. That's very, very and perfumes, different. perfume, all kind of different things. All right. Last question. Tiebreaker right here. This is it. Which wood is traditionally used in Japan for creating the distinct black finish found in luxury furniture and musical instruments? Is it cedar, black persimmon or maple? <laughs> I'm going to go with black persimmon. That is right. Also oh, no, known it's as definitely cedar. What are you talking about? Also <laughs> known as kuragaki, which I uh, was going to give you that, but I thought I'd make it easy. Kuragaki is. In all honesty, I thought it was going to be either one of the first or third options with shishigiban, you know, this is true. The ritual burning that also would make it look darker, but. Kurogaki, Kurogaki, Gaki, or or known in in America as black persimmon. Very so good, Colton, guys. I beat you four three. There you go, That's boy. Right, good Jeff, job, guys. We, oh man, next if we ever do another Asian trivia, um, we should you should throw in some funny terms that like sound good, like pull up like a menu <laughs> from like a restaurant. <laughs> Really throw us off that. <laughs> I don't want to offend any of our Asian woodworker friends. So, oh, I, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I don't want to offend anybody I, either, but I will drink to that. So, All right. With that in mind, speaking of which, let's do it. Showtime! Woo! 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 The whiskey of the week. The whiskey of the week before Colton departed down to Central America had been the Jefferson's Ocean, but. Mm. When he headed down to the uh, Central American parts of the world, uh, unfortunately, he was unable to procure some Jefferson's Ocean before he left. So we came up with a compromise, and that compromise was what, Colton? It, it was rum. 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 Yep. Rum um, still skin? Yeah, which, uh, you know, whiskey's not as big down there. Everything, uh, they have a ton of cane everywhere, right? So rum's a real popular cocktail down mm-hmm. there. But, um, so what rum yeah. did you end up with? So um, when I actually made the cocktail of the week, which we'll get into that, um, I had a Belizean rum. Is uh, I think Travelers is the name of the okay. distillery. It's um, not very fancy. It was uh, what for a fifth. It was the they're five year aged, but um, like they call it like the the Grand Reserve or something. Um, but 
I saw it was like 35 bucks for a fifth. And I was like, oh, that's it maybe like just judging from the price alone, maybe it's good, but I forgot that was Belizean. So it was like 16 bucks. And, uh, okay. <laughs> and, uh, which I mean, it went down a lot better a, than, was it a dark rum? Yeah. A white dark. rum. Yeah. Very okay. Dark. But I, whenever I was in Nicaragua, uh, the, uh, Flor de Caña distillery yep. is near Managua. Um, we didn't get to okay. tour that or anything, but crystal has done a tour there before. And so it was awesome. But cool. from them, you know, uh, they have a ton, like, on most shelves, like, of a nicer bar area, like, they'll have at least six different kinds of Florida Cana, right? And yeah. um, even down to, like, the, the Crystalline, which is, like, their clear one. I guess it's, like, mm-hmm. their kind of white buffalo. Yeah. And I, today, actually, whenever I was uh, waiting on my taxi, I got a pour of the 25-year, which was the oldest one go. I saw while we were there. And man, it was like, it was like drinking like just a sweet, warm whiskey. And mm-hmm. I, they even gave it to me in a big snuffer glass mm-hmm. and it, it was absolutely amazing. And, um, it cost me like $22 for a pour, which that's worth it. Yeah. For reference. Cause a 25 year old single malt would literally be like $150. Exactly. And I think in the States, you wouldn't be able to get that bottle for under a few hundred bucks. But um, yeah, I guess for reference, like the 12 year was like maybe $6 for a pour. And then um, a handful of other ones were like two or $3. But it was, oh, it it was really good. If I ever get my chance to get a hands on it in the States, I'm going to, I'm going to get a bottle. Cool. But but yeah, for the cocktail though, the EDO, the guy who was uh, who toured us around the Mennonites, yep. he showed me with a machete, um, a chop down a coconut, just like out of their backyard, right? And then you uh, chop off one side at kind of an angle, right? Almost like mm-hmm. a spearhead. And then you chop the bottom side of the coconut to give it a flat surface so it'll sit on something. And then uh, you make your final cut on the top and you cut the end of it off and you poke through it with a knife. And you got the coconut water in there, right? Yep. Drink about half that coconut water and then fill it back up with rum and pineapple. And it's a very hydrating pina colada. colada. And I ate about three coconuts one day. (laughs) And uh, I got that on video too. I was trying to edit it while I was there. And um, I didn't have good enough service. I guess Splice, which I'm still using on my phone for videos, is uh, takes a lot of um, bandwidth to run. Ah, but okay, but yeah. And then once you're done, uh, you take your machete and you hit it real hard, and the, the coconut shell, and you crack it open, and you uh, eat the meat out of it. All that white, nice. and it's rum flavored at this point, and that was awesome. I wish I had a coconut tree in my yard, but. You could plant one in Houston. Yeah. Oh, I guess you could. Just you, you all have a lot of coconuts around you or palm trees and stuff like that. I think There's palm like, trees, not a lot of coconut yeah. trees. So. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I don't think so. it, it was it was really cool. Um, also, so it, what was yeah. what was your rating of the rum? As oh, of, the you, Florida you've obviously gotten. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean. I give it a 10, dude. Like it's missing the interesting factor. Okay. I'll give it a solid. There nine. isn't as, 
It's probably not as much depth, but that's yeah. It, it sounds yeah. like it's a really smooth, just easy drinking. Yeah, eight to nine rum was yeah nice. Sure, well, especially after drinking all that um, not as great rum all week. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, it definitely tasted good, but man, it was enjoying. It was, I enjoyed smelling it and taste. Uh, oh, awesome! Ah. Well, on that note, the the next week or this upcoming week, kicks off the Mardi Gras celebration. On the 13th of February, it's Fat Tuesday. That kicks off Mardi Gras. So in honor of that, the whiskey of the week is Sazerac Rye. And Sazerac is from the Buffalo Trace Distillery, owned by the Sazerac Company, which calls home to the city of New Orleans. So... I think, sir, you should try not only the Sazerac rye, but also making a Sazerac cocktail. I was, I was just, about. I was thinking the same thing, which we already got a little bit of practice. I still have the, um, the bitters and stuff. Yeah. Which I actually, I realized that I didn't get the right bitters. So I did get the, the Peixades, mm-hmm. but I got the aperitivo. So it's actually like a bottle. Like, oh, no, no, it's supposed to be straight up bitters. Yeah. Uh, I realized that later when my buddy Alex, he's helped me with some of these cocktails before, too. He was over. He's like, why'd you get that? Why didn't you get the bitters? And I was like, oh, it it actually is like a small bitters. They don't just call it bitters. But correct. I feel like it still made a really good cocktail. But well, that's good. Maybe it it might be with it being actual liquid instead of just drops. It might overpower it. So I'm going to see if I can pick up a bottle or the actual Peshad's bitters. Yeah. Um, it's going to be in the same section where all the other bitters are. Yeah. So cool. So yeah, that is the whiskey of the week. Excellent. So I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on the Sazerac rye. I can't, can't wait. It, that, that one, it's kind of like a rectangular bottle. Slightly. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I've had it before, but I can't, I couldn't remember anything about it. So I, I'm looking forward to checking this one out. Nice. But, nice. Well, gentlemen, um, I want to know, obviously, if there are any nuggets. We are now getting up to a month or less to WorkbenchCon. Jess, last week you and I did some helpful hints for people who are going to WorkbenchCon. Are there any nuggets that we want to share, whether WorkbenchCon or not related? Do you guys have a nugget this week? I I got a WorkbenchCon nugget. Um, Okay. Bring... um, I, you don't have to partake, but bring like whatever hangover cure you like. Um, for the next, <laughs> at least for me, I know I had a late, especially the last. I had a late night, but um, uh, for me, when did you not like, have a late night? Never. For me, I uh, I like the uh, oh, it's like basically like powdered Gatorade. Oh, um, liquid emergency. Something. Um, it's on the same. Oh, li- Liquid IV? Liquid IV. Yeah, something along those lines. But um, or even like just like electrolyte powders. And I'll just chug or like without water, put the powder in like the whole stick of it and then Mm -hmm. chug a bottle of water right after it. And it seems to do a good job. But okay, Interesting. That's a good one. But uh, as far as like uh, coming off this trip, uh, a quick nugget. um, Like, I don't know how to to say it elegantly, but I didn't realize how burnt my brain was right i didn't realize how burnt out i was and so Mm -hmm. um maybe even if you don't realize try to take care of mental health there you go take the time to get away and decompress yeah and again don't have to 
go on a big trip or anything. It does make it easier, but, um, yeah, even just, even just a, a, a morning walk through some nature. Yeah. Definitely helps. So I agree with that. How about you, Jess? Oh, I had one today too. And I was trying you to, want me to give mine in the meantime. Yeah, go ahead. So Jess, you've actually given this nugget before, uh, but I am going to echo your sentiments, sir. I am going to say, People should look into utilizing a brand of wood filler called Gork's Good Filla. And the reason for it is uh, I have used a variety of wood fillers over the years. And the one that I really enjoyed before I got into this one was called Tight Bond, which was out of Australia. It's a water-based uh, wood filler. It expands with the wood, contracts with the wood. Uh, you could stain it, do all kinds of fun things. Tight Bond only had so many products the gorks good filler line has probably five to six times more offerings for specialization that are so easy to use and i know this sounds like a a sponsored ad and it's not in all honesty the spalta maple table that i'm working on it is such a large surface that had so many to jess's point last week so many um cracks and crevices and nuances in the wood because spalting is a fungus that literally starts to rot away the tree. When you cut that open, you are left with so many, I guess, kind of pre-rot stains or crevices in the wood and filling it all just with a standard um, putty knife would have honestly taken me all day to find it, uh, to find it all and, and fill them all. Gork's Good Filler had this, it's almost like a trowel-based wood filler that you put on in a big glop like you're putting flooring cement down. Is it wet? And you just kind of, it's, it's, think of like mastic you put down to put tiles on. It's the same consistency. Okay. And you put it out and you use a trowel the same way you would try and put out um, mastic for flooring. And you just kind of skim it all over the entire table let it dry off for about 10, 15 minutes and sand it off. And it is baby's butt smooth. Like it filled (laughs) every little crack and crevice. There are no, it still retained all the spalting. It didn't color up any of the coloring, but it filled everything perfectly. It honestly saved me days worth of work. So for the convenience of it, I would highly, highly recommend it. Do they sell that? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jess. Well, I was going to say they, like, I don't know if you've ever installed real hardwood flooring, you know, like in a gym where they yes. urethane it. They will lay that floor, and then they come with a trowel and, like, this wood filler that they – I mean, there's other ways that people I've seen them do it. They'll actually mix some of the dust or whatever, but mm-hmm. they make, a like, a stuff that's, like, that color. You just pour it, and you just trowel it over the whole thing, and then they resand it, and yep. it fills in all the holes. So Nice. That's, but that's shaded towards the color of the oak, right? Correct. Yeah. Yep. So it's awesome. Like I got two quick questions for you on Good Fillet. Um, they sell that in any big, like big box stores. Uh, the largest one that I know of is the JC Licht paint stores. Okay. Um, awesome. Which is a Sherman Williams dealer as well, I believe. Uh, uh, but they I are just a national. Try to get online, or maybe I'll call oh, some Amazon. Amazon has every color. They sell yeah. a, a lot of, of it on on Amazon, and they have. Awesome. I, you wouldn't believe how many colors they have. 
but they also have a uh, a grain filler and grain stop that would yep. have been amazing when I was making those doors a while ago. So yes. Thought of that one too. Yeah, they use it on guitars a lot, don't they? Grain yep. filler. Yeah. So, uh, so second question is a little more technical. So I, I've revisited projects I've made before, right? And before I was doing dowels to cover a screw hole, uh, mm-hmm. or like before that, I would use like wood filler, right? Like it doesn't yeah. look great, but whatever. That was an early on woodworking thing. But I've noticed like when it's, so I always use, I always use the tight bond stuff, right? Yep. Just from Home Depot. Um, so over time, it seems to like sink in. Right. And yes, like where it was flush when you first put it in, it's now has like a thumb in it kind of sinking in. Yeah. Uh, does, does this good fill it like avoid that or somehow? Rep- it, it does avoid it quite a bit more than, than a lot of other brands, but either way, you're still going to get some, some pitting, if you will, Shrinking. over time in a, yeah. In a larger hole like that. Like you definitely want to have some sort of like the dowel is perfect and fill around the dowel if you need to with the wood filler, but the dowel is going to be your best bet hands down. Yeah. I I was, I I don't use wood filler. I I can't remember the last time I used it, but, um, I I still keep a tube of this tight bond stuff for like, um, like, Oh crap moments. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, as far as like planning to use it, I I, I don't right now, but maybe for like, like you said, like filling grains and stuff. I should mm-hmm. maybe pay more attention to that. I will yeah. say uh, I do like good filla. Um, there's another one that's made by DAP called Plastic Wood. Yes, I've interior, used that one as well. They, they interior, have that at exterior. A Home Depot, I think. They do, but they make more colors than Home Depot carries. The most yeah. you're ever going to find there is they have a natural, a red oak, a white oak, and that's pretty much it. But I bought walnut because I made this little box out of walnut for this lady. And it is exactly the same color. And the one thing with plastic wood is it doesn't shrink. It just, if it's really thick, it's going to take a long time to dry. So I'll actually take a heat gun to it uh, and kind of like warm it up and it'll make it dry a little faster. Really? Um, I'd be afraid of shrinkage, but uh, I guess if it's... It doesn't matter. I just put more on it and heat it. I know, but I can put more on it and heat it up again. Uh, Fair fair enough. So... uh, what Nicole what Plus. is Sorry, it took me a sec to realize what you said ross uh by the way uh on a quick side note i had posted a video earlier uh or last week about using the heat gun to get off excess epoxy and i tagged wagner spray guns in it because i have a wagner heat gun yeah and they got all excited about it they sent they sent me a dm on the side no saying that they had never seen anybody doing it that I've way i've never seen anybody do it either I don't know how. There's no way I'm the <laughs> no. first person to do you, that. You have to be. Hey, I, I did an experiment with that this last week. Like, and? So, God. God. And? How did it go? No, oh, sorry. Like, finish your Wagner thing, man. Oh, so, like, they shot me a DM, and they were like, we've never seen anybody do that this way, but it's so clean and so smooth. Like, we're going to start. You're- we're going to do our own tests, but we're going to see if we can start promoting that. My My thought with it would be only one thing. Only what? one thing is that if you, you know how like sometimes you got a putty knife and it's got that nice set in it mm-hmm. and, and like you had a very large wide area. If somebody yes, wasn't you want paying a wider, attention, they would you dip. Want, yes. Would you do want it. a wider putty knife if you are doing a wider area, but if you're just doing it over like cracks and dimples and stuff, it literally just goes right over it yeah. and yeah. It's perfect. Well, if you've got a nice straight stiff one, then you'd be okay. Just keep it like leave a, <laughs> leave a little bit. You know what I'm saying? 
That's what she said. Yeah. So anyway. I, I finally experimented with it on a set of okay. boards, um, which the plywood I was using, they, so the mill sent me like paint grade plywood, which I normally do like stain grade. Right. And I was like, ah, oh, crap. But may, like, I, I experimented on one of the pieces and I experimented with, with using the heat gun and a scraper and for edges like around like where where i cast like we're casting like a half inch deep right um yeah for the edges around it it was insanely easy and amazing it's like why haven't i've been doing this the whole time however when i tried to like clear like a one inch gap on several parts of the board um like around the edge and then um the one logo i was working on here it had a bunch of uh one inch strips right one inch wide Mm -hmm. and it may be actually i i bet you it is it's the epoxy i'm using but it uh would tear up little divots in it and so like crossing a wide gap wasn't let me ask you this i know this is a weird thing to ask but do you ever clean and or sharpen the edge of your putty knife um I, i was cleaning the edge of this knife um I wasn't. I no. I was. I didn't sharpen it though. What kind of epoxy did you use? Uh, so this rust? was with the the promise epoxy, so, the Pro Marine. It's like a so tabletop. The epoxy. one that I had used, yeah, it's a bar top epoxy. I don't. I couldn't tell you the brand. I I know it every time I see it, but it's literally from like Lowe's, Home Depot, wherever. If you just look up bar top epoxy, okay, that's okay. the one they have. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. maybe super clear, or no? I think they're no. more casting. Yeah, they just have like some weird. Yeah, but probably pretty similar stuff. Um, Which, yeah, uh, that's a good idea. I thought about pulling a chisel out, but I didn't want to ruin a chisel. Um, No, have to clean a chisel hard. You have to have a a a good like a a junk chisel and a good chisel. Uh, Famo wood is the the brand. What's the glaze? Famo Famo wood. Nice. Um, glaze coat clear gloss oil based epoxy i I don't know if we have a at our texas home or houston home depots or whatever but it literally i don't know if you can see it oh nice it's in like every single big box store around me so i just get that because i don't do a ton of epoxy um but yeah every time i've tried to use the the heat gun and a putty knife comes right up oh dude so I, I do think I'm going to consistently keep using this method for like the overpour edges. That's exactly what I do. Yeah. Like it's just the overpour stuff. Well, like, but not the overpour in the middle of a cast, right? Okay. Just where it overpours, yeah. where it's just like, like a millimeter or a little thicker than that, but um, a few millimeters of epoxy. Cause that with the heat gun just peels right out. You can almost use your finger now. Exactly. But, so I still got to experiment a bit more with um using that method over the cat because that would save me a lot like not having to drum sand it and mm-hmm. um just get a little bit that saved me a lot yeah maybe that's what it is What's well no I, I think if anything it was pushing too hot okay. and allowing too much to come up whenever i was going across the gap mm-hmm. but so more experimenting is needed but i did finally um get around to I try keep it out forgetting yeah. to try it I keep forgetting to try it because I usually it's on a table or something and I just hand it through. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is my what is my tip? nugget? Nugget. I got a couple little nuggets. So 
One is there's a guy out there, especially for people that are just starting out. Um, the software that you're going to use is expensive, right? Light burn's not that expensive. Let's say if you have a laser, but there's a program called GIMP, G-I-M-P, okay, and it's called mm. and it's GIMP has actually been around for a long time, and it stands for just limping along. Uh, no, it stands for oh god, I can't remember now. Uh, uh, General Image Manipulation Program. Okay. And it is exactly like Photoshop. Now, oh, is okay. it as good as Photoshop now? No. Does it have like AI and stuff? No. But there are like extensions, but you can do some amazing things with GIMP. And then as far as like Adobe Illustrator, that's expensive. There's another program out there called Inkscape. Oh, I, I use Inkscape. Know. Yeah. Inkscape is very, very powerful. And you can do a lot with Inkscape and GIMP. I mean, that's basically yeah. one of the only two programs that you're going to need um, to do just about anything from vector files to raster files. Which Inkscape uh, is a little raw, right? It's like crowdsourced, right? Is that the word? It, so is GIMP. And, but right. So I, I use Inkscape exclusively for uh, calculating my resin pores now, right? Like I'll upload that the exact – I can get – very exact with my resin. I have no leftover basically now. Uh, huh. the, I pull up the SVG and uh, it, it'll give me the area of the SVG. And from there I can calculate the volume. And yeah, the last few pours I've done, I, I'm not wasting any epoxy. And wow. Cause I able That's to pretty yeah, cool. calculate it. Yeah. It, uh, so but Inkscape In was the only platform I could find that did it. I don't know why others don't. Inkscape is very powerful. It has a trace tool. Like it's great for vector images. Anybody that's doing CNC work or lasers or anything, you can use Inkscape. And so to top that off, you know, there's nothing worse than like going in to use a program, especially a big programs like that. You have no idea what you're doing. Like there's a lot of key commands and stuff like that. There's a guy named Logos by Nick. And his literal website is Logos by Nick, L-O-G-O-S-M-B-Y-N-I-C-K. What's his name? And he, Nick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Logos Check by it. Nick. And he, um, he has a lot of YouTube videos out there, but he's got it all broken down into like 80 videos, little short ones oh. on Inkscape, on GIMP, on, there's another uh, couple other programs that he's got on there that a lot of people use for this stuff. And he is a really good teacher and he shows you exactly where the tools are. He shows you the concepts and for $17, you can buy his 80 videos for each one um, huh. for like GIMP. If you want to learn GIMP for $17, and you think about people that complain about not having a job, you can for $17 learn these programs um, and you'll have at least enough foundation to, you could do a lot with it. Yeah. And cool. So um, that's my. I, I'm going to start doing a little bit on the weekends because I want to learn Inkscape better. I, every time I cool. get in, I used to use Illustrator all the time. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. But I'm going to get I had back Illustrator into for it. a bit, but it, it was going to cost me like 80 bucks a it's month. It's so expensive. It's super Jeez. expensive. Yeah. You have to be making a lot of money with Illustrator in order for it to be worth yeah. it. So, which I've replaced what I was doing with Illustrator with Silhouette, the Silhouette Studios. I know. And uh, that, and it's the one it's made for like the silhouette, like the cricket equivalent, right? But it for yeah. me, that is the best trace function I have found. Because I do a lot of really complicated ones on some of these boards. And that is the best trace function I've found is the silhouette yeah. studio. It does have it does have a really good trace on it. So 
I like um, it. I, I think, you know, and I was talking to our web developer guy the other day, and he's like, listen, there's so many programs out there that do a lot of the same things, like website design ones or ones that host your website and have like a shop or, you know, all this. And he's like, nobody's well-versed in all of them. The key is to pick one that you like that has the potential for growth and just stay with it and learn 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 it. it. Especially because those programs continue to grow, right? Over time, they come out with versions and more things. Um, And these free ones, it's kind of like a gimme. So there's the one program that I did hear about called Figma, F-I-G-M-A. And it's supposed to be like Illustrator and Photoshop in one. It has both raster and, and it's, it's like Hmm. people are go to get jobs and they're like, you have to know how to use Figma because it's like become like an industry standard and they're, they're trying Interesting. And I think Adobe bought them. So that's how good it is. Right. So I think that, um, you know, I, I I don't want to pay for it. It's too expensive, but yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's just so many of them. There. Just pick one, pick two, and then just learn them. Just learn them, learn them, learn them. Yeah, so I like. That's, I, that's I think my, the best. I, I use about four different software. Like technically, I use a lot more than that, but my main ones is like four. They each have like a certain job that they do well. Okay, but well, gentlemen, we have just crossed the ninety minute mark. Uh, and I think that's probably a good place to wrap things up oh, unless yeah. there's anything else we want to cover off on. Man, that's it for I'm me, good. baby. Okay. Well, with that in mind, to all of our listeners out there, be sure to hit that like and subscribe button wherever you are listening to this podcast. And don't forget, if you wanted to send in any questions, feel free to do that via our social media, mostly through Instagram, but you can also hit us up uh, at beataroundthebench at gmail.com. Thank you very much for tuning in this week, and we hope you enjoyed every second of this episode. If you didn't, please send all your complaints to our outdoor adventure-prone legal representation at Robert, Baden, and Powell, where their motto is, we work our cases like we prefer our associates, physically strong, mentally awake, and morally straight. straight. For Jess, Colton, and Ross, this has been the Beat Around the Bench podcast. We will catch you all next time. See you.